One of my favorite ways to invest is real estate, but not everyone wants to handle tenants and toilets. Enter Fundrise. They make it easy to invest in real estate with their flagship fund. Now, as always, you always have to carefully consider the investment objectives and risks of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. But right now, demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. And the Fundrise flagship fund plans on going on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes with just as little as $10 by visiting fundrise.com slash PFP. As always, carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com slash PFP. That's fundrise.com slash PFP. This is a paid advertisement. Spring is a great time of year to do some cleaning around the house and clean up your finances. And something else that you can do for your family this spring is shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius as part of your financial planning for the year. Getting life insurance today means you'll have peace of mind so that if something were to happen to you, your family can cover expenses, things like mortgage payments, credit card payments, car loans, or even college costs. I have a wife and two kids, with a third on the way, by the way, and business partners that all depend depend on my income. So I needed life insurance and Policy Genius made that so incredibly easy. And with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. On this episode of the Personal Finance Podcast, we're going to talk to Haley Sachs, aka Mrs. Dow Jones, on how to get your financial life together. everybody and welcome to the personal finance podcast i'm your host andrew founder of mastermoney.co and today on the personal finance podcast we're going to be talking to mrs dow jones aka Haley Sachs. and if you have any questions hit me up on instagram at mastermoneyco and tiktok at mastermoneyco and follow us on spotify apple Podcasts, or whatever podcast player you love listening to this podcast, too, and if you want to help out the show, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And don't forget to check us out on YouTube as well at Master Money on YouTube. Now, today, I am so incredibly excited to share this conversation that I have with Haley Sachs, a.k.a. Mrs. Dow Jones. And Haley is someone who is one of the most entertaining creators when it comes to finance on the internet. So I wanted to have her come on the podcast because she has a way of teaching finance to make it incredibly entertaining and incredibly fun. And she has a YouTube channel that I've been watching for years now and has an amazing way of just teaching you, hey, here's how you can spend your money and here's how you can buy the things you want and start to build wealth at the same time. Here's why wealth equals freedom. 
And we talk about a whole bunch of things in this episode from how Haley likes to invest to what Haley would do if she was just starting out. We talk about how to handle debt, financial advisors, how to budget. So this is an all-encompassing way to turn your money around. And this is something that is so valuable for most people to learn. In addition, we talk about generosity. We talk about how she runs her business and some of the favorite money tools that Haley has as well. So without further ado, here is Mrs. Dow Jones. So today we have Haley Sachs, aka Mrs. Dow Jones. And Haley, welcome to the Personal Finance Podcast. Thank you for having me. Wow. The honor is all mine. So you are a self-proclaimed financial pop star. So would you say you're more of a Britney or a Christina? Ooh, I'm definitely more of a Christina just because I am in control of my own life. No conservatorship to be found. Absolutely. So you have one of the coolest names. I love the name Mrs. Dow Jones. How did you come up with that name? I came up with Mrs. Dow Jones because I view investing. Let's just jump into it. I sure. I view investing as a way, obviously, to set yourself up for the future. And I think that there is a history in our society of women specifically looking outside of themselves for their future stability. But I want to teach women and everyone about money so that they understand that the stability can be found within themselves. So you can be married to the Dow, married to your portfolio, but you don't need to be married to anyone for your money. Exactly. And I love that as well, because I think that's one of the keys and the freedom and the, everything that comes along with money is so huge. So, so huge. There is a ton of boring money advice out there, and you found a way to make it really fun. Tell us a little bit about your background and why you started teaching people finance. My background is not at all financial. I started in comedy and in entertainment. I worked for Lauren Michaels and for David Letterman and was a content creator. I was always super passionate about having a voice. I loved the internet. I loved creating. But it wasn't clear at the beginning what I was there to say. And money was a huge wound for me. And, you know, for myself, speaking for myself, but I think it's true for a lot of people, leaning into your biggest insecurity or sore spot is where your best art comes from. So when I finally started to take care of my finances and teach myself through creating content, like I wasn't going to listen to anyone else. I was only going to be able to learn if it was explained to me in this like specific pop culture way. And it worked for other people too. Absolutely. And speaking of the beginnings, I've heard you say in a previous life that you didn't have your financial life together at the beginning. So what made you actually turn that around? Oh my gosh. Yes. I feel like all financial gurus or like leaders are so childhood, like lemonade stand investor, just being like, yeah, I've always, you know, totally understood it. And I had this innate knack for it. And I want to let it be known that that was not me. I did not have an innate knack for it. The only knack that I had was for spending money ignoring my credit card statements, being supported by other people, looking outside of myself for money, and just being like generally, yeah, not at all in control of my financial life. And I got to a really dark place. And I don't think it's talked about enough how not taking care of your finances impacts your well-being. I always say, 
that if your financial health, your emotional health, and your physical health are not in harmony, then your quality of life is going to be really deteriorated. And I saw that happen to myself. Absolutely. And I completely agree. I think it's one of the most refreshing things when you can actually tell people, I didn't have this together at the beginning. I did not know what I was doing. So I decided to go figure it out. And that's what anybody can do. And that's why I think anybody can build wealth. They just have to have that first step in that financial education. And that's one of the biggest things that you provide, which is absolutely amazing. And I always tell people, because I know from my own experience, like it's so overwhelming at the beginning. There's so much to do, so much to learn. And I have a course called Start Here, which is like our best selling, basically first step course. And it's really fun content. Like you want to, I say it's the only bingeable financial course you'll ever watch. Like you actually want to watch it, but we only let people, like we have something, I don't do the coding or whatever, but there's something on it where you're only allowed to do it for 20 minutes a day because we're so much more interested in the consistency of your habits versus going all in and like, We've all had that manic Sunday night where we feel so broke and we're going to change. We make a mint account or whatever. And we're like, we're never going to spend money again. We're moving. We're going to live in a van. Like, and then two days later, you're back to your old bullshit. So I'm all about the small changes. And I know in my own life, that is the only thing that saved me was little changes every day, just trying to be better. Exactly. It's that 1% better every single day. I love that 20 minute uh, time limit. Yeah, that, that's 20 minutes amazing. a day. I still do it. I literally still do it. That's awesome. Like I know what my task is for today with my finances. Right. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I love that. And I know one of the biggest outcomes that you can have with your money is becoming financially free. And you had a great tweet recently that said, I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you become financially educated, you can turn your dreams of freedom, security, and independence into reality. And I could not agree more about that. So how has this impacted your behavior and your everyday decisions? Well, I think that something that really changes, at least for me, and I know from my community, when you start to learn about finance is you start to weigh decisions today versus your goals for tomorrow. So, I mean, I find financial goals to be like really broad. I sort of hate when people tell especially people who are early in their financial journeys to have financial goals. I'm like, I'm going to give you a financial goal. Let's like have an emergency fund. Let's um, get out of high interest rate debt. But, you know, once you do sort of get motivated, you start to realize how much is within your control and how big the world is and how much opportunity you have and how much potential your money has if you use it in the right way and you can grow it and you can actually control your spending and be able to have it compound. Right. And it's one of the most powerful things. I think it's one of the most freeing feelings. Once you figure out how to turn that around, you just have complete control over your life and you can figure out how much more do I have to save to have that freedom? I can figure out that in number because it's really just a math problem. So I love that as well. I I totally, I like, I love your energy. It's like, I feel like we're very much on the same page where it's like, we both feel like, okay, like this is the key to freedom. Like, it's not even about having a yacht or anything like that. It's literally just about 
feeling in control of your life and like anything is possible. Like I'm investing my money right now towards having a biodynamic farm on St. Lucia. Like that is my dream. I want to live in the Caribbean. Like that's it. I want to buy dope property and like build it out. And that gets me so excited. I will say no to anything just because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm working towards something that is like better. The like short-term satisfaction of something doesn't really compare to like the long-term what I'm building towards. Exactly. That's amazing too. What got you into that? Honestly, I've been Mrs. Dow Jones like working in this since early 2018. So for a while. And I'd always, obviously, like the financial goals thing, I, you know, read so much, I do so much research and like create so much content. And there was always the thing about like have financial goals. And I didn't understand it because I was never motivated by like retiring in Florida or like, I don't even know if I want to retire. Like, I love my job. I would love to just keep working forever. And like, I feel so grateful to even have my community that I can't imagine that I would ever be like, peace see y'all in the next life. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's not my MO. But I was in St. Lucia and I'd never been before. And I was on like a boat around the island and I was just looking at the island and I was like, whoa, is this my financial goal? Like, I was so happy. And I, for the first time, it just clicked for me. I was like, this is really what I want. Like, I want to live here. I want like... I don't know why it's not more normal to live in the Caribbean. Why do we always go there for vacation? But how come I can't make it my dream to live there? Exactly. And I want everybody listening to hear that because that is the power that your money has is you can kind of figure out and have that aha moment of Mm -hmm. what you want your dollars to do. And then all of a sudden, once you figure that out, you can start changing your behavior to put your money towards exactly what you want to do. It's that financial freedom. So that's absolutely amazing. I love that. What is your financial goal? I have a ton of them. One of my, I don't think I'm going to ever retire either. For me, I think I want to do this for the longest time because my passion is teaching people how to build wealth. I absolutely love doing it. And yeah, it's such a good thing to do. It is. It's one of the best things because it just creates freedom for everybody's life, like we're talking about. So that's my main thing. It's really like actionable therapy for people. Exactly. That's that's exactly right. And it's all about like who clicks for you as a teacher too. Like I think, you know, like it's like people always ask me about other people in the space and I'm like, it's so beautiful that there's other people in the space because all I want is like for more people to be reached. I, you have to know. Yeah. So you don't know what it is. You want to keep working, but. And I've noticed there's so many different types of people that just click for people and some of their methodologies may be different than, you know, each of ours, but it's one of those things that if their methodology works for you and your psyche, then it's going to, you know, go towards that because there's so many different ways to build wealth. It's the best way to just figure out what works for you and go towards it. Mm -hmm. So if someone was just starting off and just trying to get their finances turned around, what would be the first thing that you would tell them to get started? The first thing that I would tell people to do is to have a money date, like sit down and figure out where they're starting, you know? And then I would also tell them, to slow down. Like the momentum is incredible, but momentum doesn't last. Energy doesn't last. A habit is what lasts. And so that's why I'm so tied to the 20 minutes a day thing, because I know with my students, like they are that person who's like, okay, I'm investing myself. I'm going to buy this course. I want to, you know, level up, change the game. And you want to keep them motivated. And the best way to do that is A, to figure out where their starting point is so that they see like the potential of change 
and then also to rein them in and make sure that they come back tomorrow. So one big thing I hear you saying is for beginners is to kind of focus on that habit instead of trying to set financial goals, which I love. And it's, it reminds me of Atomic Habits, the book Atomic Habits, where he kind I of love talks Atomic through. Habits. Yeah, exactly. And you, I do the same thing where you give yourself rewards. Like it is a habit, like being good. And you know what? Being out of control with your money is a habit too. So, exactly. Yeah. But like it's, it really is the first step for anyone is really just taking inventory and in Start Here, my course, we built out this amazing interface called the Money Book, which is you put in all of your spending from the last month. Because I mean, a lot of people say, okay, you got to go through your spending for like the last six months or three months. But like, if last month was pretty normal for you, like we can use last month. Like we don't, the first time I ever tried to do my finances, I audited a year, which was insane. I should never have done that. But you know, there's a lot of weird advice out there. I don't think you need to do a year. I think you can just do one month and go through the month and see where you're at. And then we compare it automatically to the like Elizabeth Warren 50, 30, 20 budget, which I mean, overall is a pretty solid uh, framework, I would say, for anyone's asset allocation in terms of like rent and, uh, you know, future you. And then from there, you can see, oh my God, I'm spending so much more on rent than I should be, or I'm like, you know, underspending in this way. And then you're able to figure out what are the small changes that I can make towards the next month and you just keep going. It's sort of like, you know, when you read about people who have lost like 400 pounds and they're like, the first thing I did was cut out the liter of Coca-Cola that I drink every day. And right. I've automatically in one week, I lost 70 pounds. And you're just like, wow, that's amazing. But like, it's such a small thing and has such a big impact. So just looking for those simple changes at the beginning is really important. And that's the same thing I did because I watched some advice early on. I remember going back like an entire year and it was so overwhelming. Just <laughs> yeah, it was going horrible. Yeah. It's terrible. So it's one of those things where I'm I agree with you. I'm surprised we made it. Right. I know it, it is. I think it's one of those things that you, I agree with you. Just go back a month or two and then figure out, you know, if it's normal, that's going to be very yeah. close to where you are. And you can make those adjustments on the fly because adjustments are part of managing your money anyways, making those adjustments over time. A hundred percent. It's not going to be a straight line. Like it's really just about like having the intention and then just to remain in tune with yourself, checking in. Absolutely. Now is a great time of year to get your finances in order. And no matter what your financial goals are this year, when you use Chime's online checking account, you can cross all those financial to-dos off your list. Chime's online checking account has tons of benefits that millions of members love, like fee-fee overdraft up to $200. Plus, get paid up to two days early with direct deposit, all while managing your money on the go 24-7. And you get access to over 60,000 ATMs. So start building your credit and open a Chime checking account with at least $200 qualifying direct deposit to get started. Get started at Chime.com PFP. That's Chime.com PFP. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank, NA, or Stride Bank, NA, members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. And if you need to hire, you need Indeed because Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. And they have a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash personal finance. Just go to indeed.com slash personal finance right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash personal finance. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. One of the hardest things about managing your money is figuring out where it's all going. And most of us are trying to save for several goals at once, which can feel like a daunting task to see if you're on track or even on pace to accomplishing your goals. But there is a tool that makes it so much easier and it's called Monarch Money. They help you track your money flow without taking a ton of time and energy. And Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. And you can invite them with an extra account with their own login at no extra cost to collaborate with you. And Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can create custom budgets, set notifications, and you can set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications. And after trying Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com PFP. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash PFP for your extended 30-day free trial. The key to winning in any business is making sure you have the right business partner. An example is Procter & Gamble or Ben & Jerry. But what about the perfect partners when it comes to growing your business? That's you and Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to, did we just hit a million dollars stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. And most people know one of your biggest struggles when it comes to starting an online business is finding new customers, and Shopify can help you do that. And what I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com PFP, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash PFP now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash PFP. So now I want to shift gears here because I hate to be a daddy downer, but I want to talk about debt and how you think people should handle debt because a lot of people are in debt right now. Consumer debt's at its highest. So what is your best tips for the first step someone should take if they say that, for example, they're in credit card debt? First of all, I feel for anyone who's in debt because anytime that you're relying on someone else for money or like someone is like paying for your lifestyle and it doesn't feel like you can afford it, it's just such a horrible, debilitating feeling. So um, I think it's really brave. You have debt that you're even listening to this show and that you're making these small steps to educate yourself. So good on you. And I'm sure that you can guess the next part of my uh, answer, 
but it is to drum roll, please figure out where you are. What debt do you have? What are the interest rates? What are the amounts? I actually, we have a free um, debt payoff planner on financeschool.com, which is really great. So you can download that and put in all your amounts and figure out like what you should prioritize because any debt below 7% is not going to take as much a priority as debt that is over 7% interest rates. And um, I also think it's really sort of exciting with debt because you can see how little changes really add up. You know, like if you just add a little bit more payoff to that monthly amount, it really can just slim down the amount of principle that you are uh, dealing with. So I think just like facing it, like staring at your debt naked in the mirror and being like, hey, debt, like what is up? We are going to crush you. And here's the step that I can take today to do that. But I also think with debt, it's like, there's so many people who are so aggressive with it, which is if that is your personality type, amazing. But like, Again, I would rather you be consistent than I would want you to be like so intense about it. Like I would still want you to enjoy your life, you know? For sure. And that's the key is being able to put some of your dollars towards the things that brings you value in addition to paying off that debt. And I agree with you on the the high interest debt is the first thing to go for sure. Anything above that 7% range is absolutely the, the best way, the fastest way to do it as well, which is awesome. So, But also like money is not like really money is not happiness. I can tell you this as from being on the other side as someone who like grew up with privilege, like it does not do anything. And so like, yeah, it brings you peace of mind, but like really freedom is happiness. So like, even if you feel FOMO missing out on something because you're prioritizing your debt payoff ultimately the rewards of your mental health will be higher because you'll be attaining freedom. Exactly. It reduces your stress. It reduces oh your God. anxiety. So Every, and it, really it makes you feel so empowered. Yeah. You're exactly. like, I can do anything. I have my own back. Exactly. It can absolutely change your life when you do that. So if someone is just starting out, how would you tell them to control their spending? You talked about the 50, 30, 20 budget. Is that the best way to start? You think? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing with controlling your spending is like, I really, I don't believe in like the super itemized budgets of like, this is how much you can spend on a movie this month. It's like, what if I don't want to go to the movies this month? But I'd rather just have you review your spending so that, yeah, you understand the 50, 30, 20 budget and you can understand like, broadly speaking, what is the amount of discretionary income that I have? and then be able to weigh your purchases around that. I also really encourage people to take a second before they make a purchase. Like emotional spending is real. I mean, I've struggled with it in my own life before. Like I'm a sucker for like any sort of witchcraft store that wants to sell me like an oil that will attract love or like prosperity or sage or whatever. I mean, it's like $70 out of my pocket every time I walk into one of those or, you know what I mean? And it's like, or I love like a bookstore. I love to buy notebooks and greeting cards and just stupid, stupid stuff. And it's totally emotional spending a hundred percent. Cause in that moment, I feel like, wow, this purchase is going to change everything for me. I'm going to buy this like, scented oil and suddenly like I'm going to you know have the man of my dreams and have the you know billions of dollars and whatever else I'm looking for but it doesn't actually help 
So I think taking a beat is really important because that is a habit. A lot of the emotional spending is a habit. So just asking yourself, like, do I really need this? Why am I buying this? How do I feel? Like, do I have so much anxiety right now walking into this purchase? And like, is this even going to help? You know, right. A lot of like making any strides in your life is like, managing your emotions because if you don't manage them they'll manage you and i get that emotional spending all the time i mean that amazon button is way too easy for me to click and i, I click know. it all day long so it's one of those things that there's probably three boxes at my door right now <laughs> so i want to shift it over to a little bit to you know investing in retirement and stuff like that now we want to make sure that everyone isn't retiring in Ibiza without us so what is your favorite <laughs> way to invest so that we can grow our money and pursue financial freedom so the biggest thing for me that I always say is like, I'm always with people who are like, oh my God, Haley, you are a financial pop star. What do you think about crypto? What do you think about this stock? And I'm like, wow, I it's so anticlimactic because I'm actually the most boring person in the world. I am so safe with my money. I am literally, I do not want to get rich quick. I know all the statistics. I am not trying to skip anyone in line for my wealth building. I am all about those like normal returns. So give me an index fund. Let us buy the S&P 500. Let me buy a basket of stocks. So I'm automatically diversified. And I know because I work with public.com, which is a great brokerage. I love them because there's like a social aspect to it too. So like, you know, there's a timeline. People talk about what they're investing in, whatever. But I like when I first started using it, I would start buying individual stocks. And I was like, wow, not only is this, again, emotional spending, because I'm like seeing that random person bought this stock, so I should buy it too, which is like the same thing as like, you go to Thanksgiving and your cousin is telling you to buy crypto really quickly. But also, they never work out. Like the returns just never work out. And um, yeah, so I'm all about the long game. Exactly. That's exactly what we talk about here too, is index funds and ETFs because- ETFs and index funds for sure. They're the best. And it's one of my favorite stats is that professional money managers, 90% of them can't outperform the market. And then the 10% that do, they don't outperform the market year in and year out. So why does anybody else think that they can is the biggest key there. I know it's so crazy, right? It's wild. And there's so much bad information out there. And I go through Instagram or TikTok or whatever else. And there are so many people pitching things from investing into life insurance that's cash value to crypto things. It's just going all over the place. But the biggest thing is to just maintain focus that unless you think the US economy is going to go down, I mean, index funds and ETFs are the way to go because you're just buying a large diversified basket of stocks. It's the best way to really have consistent returns. And you can kind of just index and chill. You don't have to sit there and- Index and chill, I like that. Exactly. I also think about a lot like with volatility, like I never really care about stock market volatility because I really view it as like the fee that you pay in order to have the privilege of growing wealth. So like, you know, I have to deal with these ups and downs, a bear market, a bull market, whatever, as like a payoff. And doesn't that make sense? Like, shouldn't I have to give up something in order to have my money grow? Like it's nothing in life is like easy. It's exactly. always going to have another side of it. So that really helps me a lot too. 
And I tell people that a lot. I find like the financial news to be as exaggerated as like pop culture news, which is I think why I like it because I love the Kardashians and I love pop culture and stuff like that. But like I now start to read it like that and it really has uh, made the impact less. Like I'm still gossiping about all of it, but it's uh, I don't think that much of it is true. I agree as well. And I'm actually intentionally ignorant when it comes to financial news now. I just kind of ignore it because it made me kind of make too many emotional spending decisions when I would watch all the time. Yeah, I agree. So if someone's starting out, what is your opinion on financial advisors? Because I've heard you tell a story about how Rihanna was fleeced by her financial advisor. So should people use a financial advisor? That's one of my favorite stories, the Rihanna story. And I'll tell it, but I will preface it by saying that the moral of that story is more that no matter who you are, how big you get, how rich you are, how many people are working for you, you have to have an eye on your bottom line or no one else will. So we see it with women who abdicate financial power to men and then get like screwed when he dies or when they get divorced or whatever. Like you can never fully let go of your finances. And I feel like people are always wanting to like that. I'm like, the one thing you really can't do. So basically, I think Rihanna was like coming up. She had Ponder Replay. She was, you know, working with Jay-Z. She was busy and she was making all this money. And I'm sure someone in her like record label was like, use this business manager. He's great. He will like grow your wealth, whatever. So she just was cashing checks, funneling them to him never was really explained what was happening, never understood it, just sort of blindly agreed as a lot of people do and found out that pretty much all of her earnings had been lost. And that is where the song Bitch Better Have My Money comes from. And obviously it's an amazing story because now she's a billionaire. And I also really believe that you can't learn without getting like I learn best on my feet as well. So I'm like, okay, this happened for a reason. Like there's something good that came out of this because I'm sure that that will never happen to her again. But I don't think that means that all financial advisors are bad. I think that it really just means that if you're working with someone who is not making their decisions clear to you, then you need to work with someone else because No one should make you feel stupid financially. Finance is not that hard, honey. I do it. Like it's, this is not rocket science. Okay. I could grow your wealth in my sleep. So if they're making it sound like it's a foreign language and something that you could never, ever explain, then I would run the other direction. I would also run the other direction if anyone ever told me that they could bring insane returns. Like I just, I'm so like, that's just so not my vibe. Absolutely. And that is the biggest key is nobody's going to care as much about your retirement and your money as much as as you you. do. So making sure you check it is the biggest key overall if you're going to work with an advisor. So one big thing that we are big on here is being generous with your money. And I've heard you talk about this a little bit. What is your opinion about generosity with your money? So I believe really that money is energy. And I don't think that it will come to you if you hold on to it so tight. So I really believe that there is an abundance of money in the world and that I can attract as much as I want if I do work that is actually like aligned with my goal and with my purpose. And I also don't believe in being stingy or holding on to it. And I think that 
you get as much giving as you do getting. You actually get more giving. So it's really important to me to be generous just in my daily life, but also overall, like as a person in the world, making sure that I'm donating and I have an impact part of my company where we help women who were affected by COVID, which is like every woman, but like especially moms. And we give them financial advisors and financial planning and we help them get back on their feet. But I love that you bring up generosity. I think it's like really not talked about enough in our world. And it's so greedy to be like, it's mine, all my money. Like I'm never like none for you. That is an insane way to live. And it will not bring you more. Because the heart, think about it if you're like dating someone, like the more that you hold on to someone, the less they're going to want to be with you. So you have to be free with it. And you also like think about how much money has improved your life, you, the general you, how much it could improve other people's lives. And so much of life is just circumstance. Like I know that I'm sitting here because of my parents and like the life that I led that allowed me to become a content creator. Like, this is privilege. So you have to make sure that you're thinking about others always. Yeah, it's super important to me. I want to have more impact. I want to be more generous. I would love to do something with schools to bring financial literacy to the masses in like a really fun way. I know that now it's like being taught in schools a little bit, but I can't imagine that the curriculums are any fun. So I would love to like get in there, jazz them up. I think it's super important. I agree. And that is one of the biggest reasons why I want to teach people to build wealth is because imagine if everybody learned how to get their money together and then they gave away, say, 10% of their income after they got their money together, figured out how their money worked and how much different the world would be if we actually started to build wealth. Because I think money is abundant as well. Mm -hmm. That's why I believe anybody can build wealth. So I think if everybody started to do that and they could give money away, how amazing it would be. And that's one of the keys and one of the mission statements of why we actually do this. I love that. So you are a financial pop star, like (laughs) we talked about, and someone who also runs their own business. So how do you actually manage your time to get it all done? Oh my gosh. I mean, I have the best team in the world. Like, I think that I would not be anywhere without them. Like, I have an amazing project manager who literally like 10 minutes before this interview, I was shooting something was like, you need to stop right now because you actually have this and you need to go get ready. You know, like I always say, I like people in my life who will dom me because I'm a pretty powerful person. And so I like to have people around who uh, keep me in line. But something that's really important for me with managing my own business is my mornings. I know that's so cheesy and you're probably waiting for me to tell you I take an ice bath next, but I truly believe in all of that stuff. And I think like as much as you can put effort in, like as much as you can be disciplined and like show yourself that you are the boss, it will pay off because a business is so much work. Like it's crazy. Like being creative and doing what we do is such a pleasure and such a privilege, but the business part of it is can be really tough. And so, you know, making sure that I am taking care of myself is really important. And then also having people around me who can support the things that I am not good at naturally. Absolutely. I love that. And that's where I think the content creation side is one thing I always talk about. The content creation is energizing and then the business side is somewhat draining. So you have to kind of find that balance. And that's one of the keys is starting your day with something that's grounded, like what you're talking about there. Totally. Like meditation. I read so much. Even just, I got a dog. Walking my dog is so nice. Like 
I don't know, not taking in content. I talk a lot about that and people always connect to it. Like not listening to anything. I feel like it's so second nature to just be like, where's my music? Where's my podcast? Even though obviously we love this podcast, but like, you know, letting your mind be still. Just, yeah, letting your nervous system calm down. Like just trying to chill. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are some of your favorite money tools that you use, if any? Are there anything that you use? Like do you have an investing app that you love or you talked about public a little bit? I like my money book. Like the money book on was built for me. Like everything that I do is sort of like I am patient X. If it works for me, then I'll tweak it and hopefully it will work for you. So that is huge for like monthly expenses. And honestly, I do a lot analog too still, which I don't know. It just sort of puts me in the moment, like especially when I'm going through bills and things like that. I find that like when things are too automated, it goes too quickly. And then I'm not like actually doing the work, you know, it's sort of just, I can check it off my list, but like, did it really get done? So um, yeah, that can be tough, but I am all about just like whatever works for people. So, I mean, if you're looking for tips, I really love the money book, which is part of start here, which is my course on financeschool.com. I like public, uh, which is amazing. The brokerage, which is just like fun. You don't even need to invest on it, but like if you're interested in finance, you're interested in investing, it's like a, there's great. And there's also such great educational resources on public. Like they really built out their curriculums. So I'm super into that. And yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Awesome. I love that. And we're going to link up, um, everything Haley's talking about here. We're going to link up in the show notes. We'll give you it. We'll give a discount. Oh, awesome. Discount code. Perfect. Yes. So I'm going to shift to questions that we ask everyone. Oh, I love um, that. Haley, because some of these are cool and I love some of the answers that come out of this. So what is the best book that you have read recently? Ooh, I read Angelica Houston. Do you know who that is? She was like in no. Royal Tenenbaums. She's the, I love dames. Like I love like just women who've had like story lives and are in Hollywood and glamorous. Like I love like Zaza Gabor and Helen Gurley Brown, who started Cosmopolitan. And so I found a memoir of Angelica Houston and I devoured that. It was so juicy. And then I read Teek Nahan, who's like a Buddhist monk, um, has a really small little book called How to Relax that I really like that I've been reading, just like picking up here and there and going through because it is hard to relax. I find I'm always going. So any tips I can get on how to slow down, I'm into. I'm definitely going to check that out because I need to learn how to relax too. I don't think I ever stop working. Yeah, you should read it. It's so good. It's literally just like, oh, you're breathing. Remember that you actually are breathing right now. So maybe think about that for a sec instead of like letting your mind spin. Awesome. I'm going to, we'll link those up down below as well. So what part of your work or life makes you come alive? Oh, I love the content creation. And then the biggest thing for me is like the audience connecting with the audience really makes me come alive and meeting people like that's something I love in New York is like I walk around and every day someone comes up to me, knows me from Mrs. Dow Jones, tells me their story. I think what's so cool about what we do is it like breaks down barriers and makes me so familiar with so many strangers because we're not strangers. We're actually on the shared mission of like getting rich. Um, And so I just love meeting people. I love people. I love connecting to people. I love that. 
So what do you want people to remember about you? I want people to remember about me that I made it cool to talk about money, like in the same way that you would gossip about celebrities or relationships. I want people to talk about their careers and their finances, and I want to be the one who creates that change. I love that. And that's exactly what you do. I mean, if mm-hmm. I think of any person who makes money fun, it's definitely you. I mean, you oh, have the best skill you. at doing that. Wow, um, thank you. I think you're such a good interview. I'm like, wow, this is like, I'm loving that. I'm going to have to come well, back. I appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, you're so good. So this is the biggest question that we ask uh, everyone. It's always the last question that we ask everyone before we wrap up. And everybody loves the answers that come out of this. So what does wealth mean to you? Wealth to me is freedom. Like, just literally freedom, being able to do whatever you want. That's the biggest thing that wealth is for me. I don't think that wealth is like spending because I actually think that like real wealth is not spending. Like knowing that nothing, no material good is really going to bring you fulfillment. And like how many purchases is it going to take us to know that? And really wealth is just like being able to choose what you do with your time, being able to nurture yourself and to enjoy your life and your family and like the things outside of money, because those are really the most important things in life. Absolutely. It's finding out, you know, how much is enough and then going after achieving that freedom is the most prolific thing that you can do with your dollars. It's the best thing that you can do with your money is that freedom aspect, which I absolutely love that. So Haley, where can people find out more about you, your course, your Instagram, your YouTube channel? Tell us all about that. Just go to financescool.com. It's super easy. It's everything's there. Like all my social, my university. I also, we put so much effort into creating like a ton of free tools, which is super important to us. Um, and so, you know, if you're someone who's like, yeah, I would love to do all this, but like, I can't afford cert here or whatever. Like there's so much there for you regardless. So yeah, don't let money be a barrier because we've got you either way. And just be, yeah, join our community. And uh, yeah, that's it. Awesome. So we'll link up to everything that we talked about today um, down below for you guys so that you can check out um, Haley and check out her Instagram and everything else as well, in addition to her course. Perfect. So thank you so much, Haley, for coming. We truly appreciate you having me. This was so much fun. I had the best time with you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the personal finance podcast. If you guys have any questions, don't forget to hit me up on Instagram or TikTok at Master Money Co. And please, if you want to help out the show, thank you so much for doing this. Leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast and Spotify. It truly does help us spread the message that money equals freedom. So we're so excited to share that message with as many people as possible. So thank you so much for tuning into this episode and we will see you on the next episode.
Everyone's heard the saying, you have to spend money to make money. But everything in life, from travel to starting a business, is expensive. Which is why I want to tell you about a new podcast I love that will teach you all the tactics, tricks, and tips you need to upgrade your life, money, and even travel, all while spending less and saving more. It's called All the Hacks, and it's a top-ranked show hosted by my good friend Chris Hutchins, a financial optimizer, an entrepreneur who's racked up millions of points, and he sold two companies. And if you want to rethink the way you're spending money, you have to check out the episode 91 with Bill Perkins and why you should be optimizing for net fulfillment and not net worth and striving to die with zero. All the Hacks has something for everyone, and I'm sure you'll find a new tactic that you can apply to your own life, whether it's a money hack that increases your net worth or a routine change that boosts your productivity. So check out All the Hacks. That's All the Hacks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your wallet will thank you later.